Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 20. That's right. You heard me right. Episode 20 of Wrestle Life Radio. Thank you so much for hanging out with us for the last two decades. That's not right. <laughs> what? <laughs> I just thought, I thought I'd get a rise out of you guys. So this uh, is the, the annual... <laughs> Yeah, right. it's, our, it's our 20th anniversary, right? Isn't that All right? right. Fantastic. That's, that's what I was told. Wow. I feel okay. really old now. Wow. I know. I know. I'm Matt Sin. I'm here with my friends Chris Cumbie and Kyle Pauly. Chris comes before Kyle because after this week, I might not be able to call Chris's name again because there is a giant hurricane barreling towards us. So who knows? Are you killing me off? What the heck? <laughs> Maybe I'm the rest of the hill. Wow. <laughs> All right, well, my, 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 my car is going to explode, but I'll come back. Right. <laughs> It'll come back as a ghost, and like, you know, we'll right. hear this whispering through my microphone. And I'll be like, what is that? <gasps> is that the ghost of Chris Cumby? <laughs> You're a stupid idiot. <laughs> oh, man. Today is September 2nd, 2019, and Chris is going to tell you about this day in wrestling history. This day in wrestling history. So uh, on September the 2nd, we had uh, 17 years ago today. So 2000 and... Okay, Kyle, do the math for me real fast. 17 years. Oh, God, I'm terrible with math. <laughs> 2002. That's correct. 17 is two. Yeah, Matt, yes. Matt's the banker here. He should know. I'm the designer. <laughs> I stare at pictures all day. How can make was- a 17 look really pretty? I was yeah. just uh, I was just seeing if, if if anyone would get that. All right, anyway. So in 2002 on Raw uh, from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, uh, they brought the WWE brought back the World Heavyweight Championship belt, uh, which was the old you know large WCW Heavyweight Championship belt. Best looking belt of um, all time. I love that belt. Mm-hmm. The big gold belt was the best. Yep. Um, I thought it was awesome. So they brought it back in 2002. And uh, then they got rid of it again in 2013. Uh, so it had a nice, you know, nice little run there for a while. But and if I remember correctly, they just gave it to Triple H. That's exactly what happened. That, that's that's right. It just went to Triple H because why here, here, not? Here you go, Hunter. That's what happened. Here's something. Here's something, Hunter. Uh, but anyway, so here's that's your what belt happened. and here's your shovel. <laughs> <laughs> And then uh, because of what's coming up uh, soon with WWE, uh, 27 years ago today, WCW brought us Clash of the Champions, the 20th anniversary from Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, some of those uh, matches that we saw was we saw Ricky the Dragon Steamboat beat Steve Austin in a no disqualification match to win the WCW World Television Championship. Hmm. It's a good old-fashioned TV championship. I love TV times. Uh, we- we had uh, Ron Simmons beat Cactus Jack to retain the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. And we had Big Van Vader, Jake Roberts, Rick Rude, and the Super Invader defeated Nikita Koloff, Sting, and the Steiner Brothers in an eight-man tag team elimination match. I want to know who or what the Super Invader is. Yeah, I have no idea what you're... I don't, I don't know that at all. <laughs> well, just ask the Google machine. Uh, I'm just reading it here, but uh, is that like the shock master up for a? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I, I think I told you guys, but we're going to be doing some cross promotion pretty soon with uh, the film twits. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to be showing a couple of those guys some of the worst wrestling segments of all time, and one of those will be the shock master. 
<laughs> Voiced by Arn Anderson. Did you know that? I did not yeah. know that. Arn Anderson. Who, who were apparently the uh, apparently the super invader was uh, a mask Hercules. <laughs> ah. Oh, okay. Good. That's great. That's great. So let's uh, let's talk about All Out and let's talk about our predictions and how great we did because we were bragging oh. about how amazing we did over these last uh. couple pay-per-views. And uh, no, that didn't turn out so well. Matter of fact, if we were graded on a curve, uh, <laughs> then basically everyone in the class would have gotten an A. <laughs> Matt, hey. I, be- I believe you're the one who said, go out and bet legally on what we're going to say. So that means, Matt, you owe our listeners money if they lost it. I don't know if that's the way it works, but I will say that uh, maybe maybe you shouldn't take my advice again. Maybe I won't say that next time. Is that – are you killing me off now? No, that was my uh, that was my alarm for my daughter to take her medicine. <laughs> <laughs> that's 100% staying in, by the way. <laughs> so let's go let's talk a little about a little bit about all out um it was actually commentated by excalibur and golden boy who if you watch esports you know he is an esports commentator um and no matter what you thought of him i think we can all agree that he was a vast improvement from alex marvez because who boy yes. um, and alex marvez is is now doing like backstage stuff uh doing like the the news type segments and he's good at those. He's really good at those. So I'm glad that they weren't just like, can this guy? Ugh. Like he, he, they found yeah. a spot for him that he will do good at. So I think that worked out really well. Now stay in your lane. Yeah. And then, of course, <laughs> once the actual pay-per-view started, good old JR, you know, um, decided to to join in. So let's, let's talk about the very first match. And we had the Casino Battle Royale for the women this year. Well, in, in just real quick, in regards to the the announcers, we, we talked about Darren. I, I thought it was pretty pretty bad. I think that if this was a WWE pay per view, we would have given given them a hard time for it. So it's only fair that we give them a hard time for it. And you know what? Again, they're just starting out. This is their fourth fourth show and their first show with all three of them together. It was. It was pretty rough, and there were a couple times. You no, know, a lot of people have been saying Jr. has to at least pretend that he likes what he's watching. There were a couple <laughs> yeah. times where he was like, you know, why, why is he not pitting him? This is foolish. And I'm like, Jr., they're telling a story. Like you've watched wrestling long enough. Like I understand that he wants to sound like it's he wants to make it be like a sport, but I think it just came off bad. But let me tell you, he sold the crap out of the Young Bucks versus the Lucha Brothers. I mean, oh, everything yeah. they did, he was like, yeah. this is the most amazing thing I've ever sold by my barbecue. You know, and he did, <laughs> he did a great job in that. So, well, I think, I think it's just the style he's coming from a, you know, old, first of all, he's coming from an old school, um, you know, wrestling background uh, and then into the WWE, you know, era stuff where, you know, a lot of it was worked in that classic way. And this is just a new age of wrestling that I don't think it like, I just don't think it fits right. JR style. Um, and I don't, I, we'll get into it some more as the show goes on. Cause I, I definitely have some nitpicks. Um, Cause I mean, I'm kind of in the same, I grew up watching WCW, which is a bad example for something right. following the rules. But um, you know, I, I tend to pay attention to details like small details like that. And it kind of, you know, I get bothered by the small details that 
people miss. And I think JR kind of feels the same way. And he calls that out in the matches when things are kind of like, hey, this doesn't seem right. And AEW just kind of plays by their own rules on some stuff, which is fine. But I think it's just a clash of styles. And uh, I just don't think he's – I really don't think he's suited for it. Um, now, in the main event, it was a different story. And uh, I guess we can talk more about it as we get there. But um, And then, like you said, the Young Bucks and the uh, Lucha Brothers match, he was – you know, played up more the athleticism of what was going on, but there were definitely times in the show where he was not feeling it. And it was pretty clear. Right. Yeah. And, and the, the guy wearing the mask, what was his name? Excalibur. Excalibur. Okay. Yeah. He was bad. Like I think he needs, he needs a script to read because when he's just ad-libbing, it's really bad. And uh, it was distracting at times. I think, yeah, I think he has a hard time like improving like what he wants to say or figuring out what he wants to say. Like, I, I think he could use probably some, you know, some lines stock line. I think he kind of goes in there and just, it seems like he wings it. And then he, when he tries to describe something he's feeling in the moment, he kind of gets lost sometimes. Yeah. I think that Excalibur has done an okay job. Um, and I think that I hope he gets better. I really do because I actually like his voice. I think that he brings something to the table that is, is, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I like him. I really do. But I think it's going to take some time. I'm guessing he's a worker, right? I've was, never yeah. seen him yeah, wrestle before. Guy. But he's you know got a mask and a name, so I'm assuming he was an indie person. Yeah. Did, yeah. did you see uh, Jim Cornette as probably in a six months or so ago now? But he was like freaking out, and he was like, this guy needs to get rid of his mask and give me a real name. I'm like, that's like the right. Cornette thing to – <laughs> Did you also see the uh, pseudo cornet cameo of the night? You mean you mean the the suedo cornet cameo of the night? Yeah, that one. <laughs> no, I didn't. Tell me about it. The pseudo. Well, we'll we'll, we'll get into it when it gets there. I'll okay, point it I must out. have missed it. I must have missed it. So we opened. Yeah, up- I, at least I think it was a nod, but we'll. Uh, I'm sure. We'll, I'll, I'll throw it out there. Yeah. I'm sure it was. So we opened up with the women's casino battle royal. And this was really cool. I'm not going to get through get to all the entrants, but that that second group of entrants was incredible, right? It was Jazz and Tennille Dashwood and Ivelisse, and I don't remember who the other two were, but they they were all all five really big names, and they all got pretty big pops. Jazz had a huge pop. Was it Brandy and Awesome Kong in that? I think that's what it was. I thought they were already in. I can't remember, but the the match was. Okay, uh, Leva Bates had this this uh, segment on the outside where the uh, Peter Avalon put books down for her to walk on the books because her feet didn't actually touch the floor after she was thrown out. Wait, I thought they were I thought they were pancakes. They were not pancakes. That, that oh was, yeah, that, that's right. That was uh, that was the WWE champion. Yeah, that's the other guy. That, <laughs> that's just the wrong wrong yeah. wrong promotion. Wrong promotion. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Right. So. And I, again, I said it before in, in the preview episode, I love uh, Battle Royals. So this, I enjoyed this match a lot more than I probably should have, but there just wasn't much to it. Um, Mercedes Martinez wound up being the Joker. And if you follow indie wrestling, you'll know that yeah. she's a big deal. But if you don't follow indie wrestling, you'll be like, why is this person special? So I, I, I don't know. She like, was in the May Young. She was in the May Young classic on NXT and she was very good on there. She was. Yeah, she's a great worker. And then the match ended with Nyla Rose, B. Priestley, and Britt Baker in the ring. Uh, B. Priestley got thrown out by Britt Baker. And as Britt Baker was about to wrestle Nyla, 
uh, B Priestley grabs Britt Baker and she can't get away. Then Nyla just picks her up, dumps her over the top. It was a little anticlimactic for me. Um, I personally wouldn't have gone with Rose as the winner. I think Britt Baker, if she's going to be the future of your division, uh, probably should have won that match, even if she didn't win, you know, the, the AEW women's title and not to, not to spoil anything, but Riho wound up winning the Japanese match. And I think Britt Baker versus Riho would have been the best option. And I also would have given them the win at fight for the fallen because those would have been two undefeated, you know, wrestlers. So I don't know. I thought it was booked a little bit strangely. Um, it's going to look really weird and great at the same time, depending on your way of looking at it. When, when Riho defeats Nyla Rose and becomes the first AEW women's champion. But I, I don't know. What did you guys think? The format of this, these, uh, casino battle Royal matches are just kind of weird. Yeah. Cause you can't get the pop when people come in. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and like you're saying, you're, it's hard to remember even who came out when, because a, they don't, I don't think they have the format down. If they're going to do this format, I think they need to rework it somehow um, because the Royal Rumble is so good because one person can come out of time and get, you know, the attention of a surprise or something like that. But in this format, like you can't really get excited. I mean, who's to say that they were cheering for jazz and went crazy when she came out. There's three other girls that are like walking beside her. That's true. And they're all just like walking next to each other. They're about to beat each other up in the ring. Like, I don't, it's just weird to me. Um, so I'm not a, big fan of the format yet and stars like you know Tennille Dashwood, Eva Lee, who I think probably would have gotten a big pop and you know were a little bit of surprises were like kind of just thrown into the pack and didn't feel special. Right. And then they kind of came in the ring and obviously we figured they weren't going to win because they're you know not full time AEW people. Um so but they also just kind of get eliminated from the match nonchalantly like Tanil got eliminated at one point and the crowd like almost kind of groaned a little bit because she kind of yeah. just felt like Emma from WWE who yeah she got eliminated almost immediately and so did Ivelisse as well right so and I don't know if that's I don't know if they had something with impact and they were like hey she could be there but she better not get hurt or something <laughs> you know like right. um, and so they just didn't keep her in there very long but yeah so they were just kind of anticlimactic entrance um there were some good moments, though. Um, they had a standoff with uh, ODB and um, who was it? ODB and Nyla, Awesome Kong, and Jazz. Yeah, so that was a pretty cool standoff yeah. with the the four of them. Um, and yeah, the, the ending was kind of. I would have rather have seen like Nyla Rose is fine. Um, it doesn't really make sense to me, you know, like you said, due to um, the match that came later. But uh, yeah, I kind of agree. I wished that um, they would have given it to Britt Baker. At least have, you know, B Priestley try to get her eliminated and she find a way to overcome it and eliminate Nia. And then, you know, that could be a story like, hey, is is B going to try to interject into the match, you know, when uh, Britt Baker has a championship match and kind of make that an intriguing thing. Like, the I, I'm not really looking forward to the women's match that's coming up because of, you know, who – won this match and who won it later is just kind of odd, but I don't know. Chris, what did you think? Well, to let everybody know how we did with the picks, uh, none of us got Nyla Rose. Um, (laughs) uh, uh, You know, the closest person I guess you could say was Kyle because he went with Britt Baker and she was one of the last two. So, you know, very close, very close. Um, But no cigar. No cigar. No point. Uh, I will say, um, uh, 
Uh, I agree with the the format. It is awkward. Uh, I know they're trying to save time, so they do you know four or five at a time or whatnot. Um, I I don't I don't like this. Um, I don't like Rose winning. Uh, I I agree with Matt. I think the ending was stupid. Um, I don't like Nyla, uh, Nyla Rose winning. Um, and, and this is not to get into any kind of a debate or anything like that, but just strictly to say, I don't think it's fair because she's not really a woman. Um, and this is a woman's match. Um, and so I feel like if I was a female wrestler, who's been working my tail off to be considered good at what I'm doing, I feel a little cheated right now because this person is, is taking this role. Um, you know, and, and, and if we're to believe, and I know that we had talked about, you know, well, it's, it's wrestling, it's not real. But if we're to believe that this could be real, it's not fair. Right. And, and so that's that's what I feel. And I don't I think it was the wrong call. I know they're trying to be all different and, you know, and be accepting of all lifestyles and all that stuff. And that's great. And let her wrestle. But I think this is a wrong call. So would you say, and we're about to get into some very interesting conversations here. First of all, let's, let's point out that none of us hate have any hatred towards anyone. No, but I, not I, at I all. Want, I want to, I want to ask you: Do you think this is similar to James Ellsworth basically winning the first female Money in the Bank? Because it's a different situation. Because James Ellsworth is a man, and Nala Rose is a transgender woman that was born a man. So, do you think it's a similar situation? Um, I, I don't. I don't know if it's a similar situation. I think, I think that, well, I, if we did this show back then, I'd have told you that was the dumbest thing ever because it ruined the first women's money in the bank match to me. Because why did you have to include him in at all? Like, why do you have to have a man's touch in a women's match? You know what I'm saying? Like that, I thought that was stupid. So that was just a stupid call. This one, like, I don't like it, You, you know, and, and that's just my prerogative and no one has to agree with me. That's fine. Um, I just, I don't like it. I think that one of the, I agree with, even though I picked awesome calling to win, I feel Britt Baker, Britt, Britt Baker should have won this match. That's at Chris Cumby. Tweet your replies to him regarding this situation. You can also call him at Hill Chris. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. And listen, no one has to agree with me and that's okay. <laughs> Oh man! Uh, so we had yeah uh, we had the second match of the night. We're going to going to scoop right on past that, and we're going to talk about Private Party versus Jack Evans and Angelico. Um, who do we pick for this match, Chris? Every single one of us picked Angelico and Jack Evans. Ah, who won this match, Chris? Private Party. That's exactly what happened because we yeah. suck. <laughs> so my only thought is, I know they were pushing Private Party versus um the Young Bucks. Like the first round of the tag team divi- the, the tag team tournament, so maybe they're trying to give them a little bit of a rub. And it was cool because the end of the match and the match was pretty good. I, it was a fun match. I enjoyed it. Um, it. It ran a little long for a pre-show for me, but it was fun. But the 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 end of the match, Private Party lifts Jack Evans in Helico's arms, and they're looking all you know upset. And then they turned heel and they attack Private Party. And they basically got the camera's face as they were walking back up the ramp and said, no more Mr. Nice Guys, we're going to do what it takes to win. And they're, what, 03, I think is what it is, maybe even 0-4 in AEW now. And they're obviously both very talented. So I was I was okay with the loss. 
especially considering it gave them a turn. Just don't continue to bury them. They have to win at least a couple matches now. They have to, or this turn will look dumb. Yeah, I, I, again, I, I don't agree with this. I, I get what they're doing. Um, I, I like the story that they're telling now that that they've they've turned heel. Um, we were watching this, and I said it's kind of like watching with the colors. You know, I was like, it's like watching the Orlando Magic versus the Oregon Ducks with the colors we had going on there. <clears throat> but yeah. um, it was it was a fun match. You know, they were all over the place. Not a lot of storytelling going on. Just a lot of really big moves and. Um, but uh, we did not do well. <laughs> no, we all three. We sure did not. <laughs> what What do you think of the match, Kyle? Uh, it, it was good opener, you know, opening match. Um, I just don't get why they, I mean, I feel like Angelico and Jack Evans can be a good tag team in their division. And obviously private party can be as well, but they kind of brought Angelico in and he was, you know, a pretty big star on uh, Lucha Underground and, Jack Evans, I think, is a great worker and very acrobatic. I mean, he walked down the ramp in a handstand the entire way, and I think they, you know, would be a great team. But they're what zero and three coming into yeah. the company. At least, yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I, I didn't understand them losing here, but we'll see where this goes. Um, um, so, were Evans and Helico not heels before this? They were not their faces. I mean, they were guys. <laughs> they I don't think, I don't think like, they really were. There's not a lot of focus on face and heel. And they, they said yeah. that way back when that AEW is not going to have a big care about who's a good guy, who's a bad guy, that kind of thing. Like, uh, well, when they came in, they seemed heelish to me. And so like the big swerve was kind of, what was that? Within Helico's stupid dancing. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, they were even kind of, they played kind of the heels in their very first match. Um, yeah. So like I kind of had seen them as heels all, all this way along. So like, yeah, I was like, okay. <laughs> uh, it wasn't like a big surprise to me, but yeah. So the match was fine. Um, moving on now. Let's get into the good stuff. Pay-per-view is officially opening. Oklahoma's theme music. I've been playing over. The, the loudspeaker and good old JR comes out wearing his cowboy hat, cowboy boots, holding a can of barbecue sauce. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> and he welcomes us to all out. And does barbecue sauce come in a can? Yeah. <laughs> JR's does. I guess, okay. I guess Matt's does. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so SCU opens the show. Um, and they, they do a great job opening the show. And, they're wrestling Luchasaurus, Jungle Boy, and Marco Stunt. Now, there was a little issue here, a little small one, because when SCU was introduced, it said SCU with Christopher Daniels. And I thought, oh, I thought this was a six-man tag, but I guess Marco Stunt is going to be, you know, outside with Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, and I screwed up. No, I didn't screw up. AEW screwed up <laughs> because they introduced SCU with Christopher Daniels, and then they introduced Luchasaurus, Jungle Boy, and Marco Stunt, and they had a six-man tag. Not that big of a deal. They had another one later on, though, and we'll talk about that. But they called themselves like the Jurassic something, or they called themselves the J- Jurassic Express and a boy, a boy and his dinosaur, or a boy. A boy yeah, a boy. I only heard the 
the small boy, a boy and his dinosaur. <laughs> and then they kind of just change it to boy, boy and dinosaur. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. They had like three or four different names. They, they might've even said jungle express at one point. I can't remember. I don't care about that. All I care about is the match. And I really enjoyed this one. I really did. Uh, Luchasaurus really made himself stand out in this match. And, uh, I, I read somewhere that in the future we're going to have someone that thinks he's a dinosaur as AEW world champion, and that's going to be very divisive, but it's going to happen. He is super <laughs> over. I mean, he he is he's 6'8", I think is what he is. And yeah, he was the star of this he match absolutely for sure. was. He was flippity-doo-dying all over the match, or all over the ring. He jumped out one time by landing on the middle rope and then jumping over the middle rope. Like, it... it yeah. That's it looked, crazy. It looked great. There was some point where I can't remember exactly what happened, and I, I don't really know exactly how to explain it. But like, I think he threw Marco Stunt onto Jungle Boy, who threw him outside of the ring onto the SCU. I, I, this match was great. It was so much fun. Um, SCU yeah. got the win. They had like they mentioned this at the beginning of the match. They had like sixty-seven years combined experience where yeah. uh, the 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 Jurassic Express had like 16 combined years. So it, it was, I mean, Kazarian and Christopher Daniels and Scorpio Sky always put on a great show. Um, Jungle Boy got pinned again. And if they're wanting to put this team over, it's got to stop happening all the time. But you know what? They lost to an incredibly established team. And I honestly think this is one of those times where going in, everyone looked good. And going out, everyone looked better. And I thought this was perfectly done. And if AEW can do more of this, then this is what we need from professional wrestling. Chris? Well, I agree. Um, And I think that they got this one right because I picked uh, CU to win. Um, So uh, you and I both picked SCU. Kyle picked the Jurassic Express. (laughs) Um, It was Mm -hmm. a great match. I was really surprised with uh, how good Luchasaurus looked. Um, and I really liked the end where they, you know, this SCU gave a lot of props to the young guys. Um, I thought that was really a great move to, to, to help them get over. Um, and it was, uh, I enjoyed it. Kyle? Yeah, I really enjoyed this match as well. I've Like like we said, Luchasaurus was like mega over. He was the superstar of this match. I mean, I could see him in the very near future competing for the AEW championship. Um like I think he could get launched up really quickly or, you know, if they come out with a, a mid major title, I think he could definitely yeah, go for that. Right now. Um, or they can go for the tag titles mm-hmm. and be champions really soon. Um, I, I would like to see them in that role. Cause they're just, I mean, they're un- a unique look. Jungle boy is, can always go in there and work. Marco stud. I'm still not sold on yet. Um, but uh, I mean, as a unit, I enjoy them a lot and SCU as well. I thought they were, you know, a great unit and I didn't mind them winning this match. I kind of, I wanted to see Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy win, obviously, because I picked them and Marcus Stone as well. But um, but SCU winning this, like Matt said, it, it didn't really hurt anybody. Everybody kind of shined. And then they they gave, you know, they gave them all props after the match and they kind of, you know, had a, a nice victory. And this, as I said before, I'm a fight fan, a UFC fight fan, and there's something to be said uh, when fighters, you know, go to war even if one like was talking trash or something beforehand. And then after the match, they're able to shake hands and, you know, say, Hey man, this guy was a killer. He was a tough match. So I think the fans yeah. really like when that happens. So I like that here. 
I didn't really like how all <laughs> all three Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus, and Marcus Stunt were like raising their hands yeah. in victory right. after the match. Because like normally it's the other guys, they'll raise their hands and they'll be like, yeah, these guys are awesome. Give these guys a round of applause. But all three of them standing in the middle of the ring and like raising their hands, it was kind of like, well, wouldn't they be like disappointed because they yeah. didn't win? Yeah. But whatever. And uh, also, I will say, g- going on things that I will continue to nitpick on for the night because I'm going to be that guy. Uh, and I'm sure JR would agree. Because he pointed out several times in this match, the referee had a five count going, and then like halfway through the match, yeah. the referee just gave up. So, uh, and I think I've pointed out before, like they they kind of have an issue with like, and it reminds me of TNA. They have like rules, and then right. suddenly they don't have rules, and that kind of bothers me. Like I guess I'm a, like I said, I'm traditionalist, so I liked to have like a set of rules that I can follow along with, and then like. Like I said, during this match, they just stopped the five, the five count and things were just going crazy. And I'm like, okay, I guess we're just not <laughs> he forgot doing this the next, He forgot the next number, so, clearly. I, yeah. Yeah. So, but if they want to just do like a tornado tag, you know, rule for their tag team division, I'm fine with that. Just kind of state it <laughs> ahead of time and like just establish that as the rule. I don't really like the in-between of like, yeah, we'll kind of enforce rules to begin with. But once it gets crazy, we'll just let it go. Like... It just, you know, because I'm also, uh, uh, I played soccer growing up and like I'm big into sports and it always bothers me when referees call games like, you know, lenient or, you know, uh, strict halfway through the game. And then like towards the end, they just change their other direction and go one way. It's like, we'll call it the same way the whole game and then I could follow it and know what's coming. So that kind of thing bothers me. And uh, yeah, there are a couple of times on the show this happened and it's kind of been a pattern from AEW, but this match was still fun, so I wasn't completely disappointed. But Yeah, I it, hope it gets better, and I really think that it will. Yeah. So, next, we had Kenny Omega in the second match of the night, which kind of blew my mind. Yeah, that was, I was shocked. I was very yeah, shocked. He, I expected, you know, obviously if it was Kenny Omega, John Moxley, it was going to go right before the World Championship match. Right. And throwing them here second was... was a little weird for me, but whatever. It, it was it was a good match. Kyle, you're the one that really liked this. So after Chris tells us who we predicted, why don't you tell us about the match? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it was. Wait, 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 wait. After Chris tells us what we what we predicted. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I, can tell you, I wasn't you. listening. <laughs> well, we're used to that, Kyle. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, Matt and Chris both picked Kenny Omega. Kyle picked a draw from the time limit, which is what I was going to do, but he stole my thunder and took that answer from me. It's all wrong. So anyway. It doesn't matter because we all got it wrong. All wrong. <laughs> I cannot believe Kenny Omega lost. Tell us about it, Kyle. Yeah, I don't, I don't think anybody was expecting this. Um, I guess I'm not super surprised. Does Pac still have the – or Pac, as they're calling him, does he still have the Noah championship? No, he dropped it. Okay. No. Well, I remember part of the holdup from bringing him in was that he had that championship and didn't want to lose at all with that right. belt. Um, and so they didn't want him losing to Adam Page. So I wasn't sure going into this if he still had that belt or not and if that was going to affect the match. Uh, it didn't affect it anyway, but still, like, it was a great match. A um, lot of cool spots uh, going back and forth. Um just uh, some really cool. I mean, it was just an amazing match all around, and the finish came until the very end, right? Yeah, watch yeah. the end. 
Yeah, uh, what was it that happened? That was the botch. I can't remember. It was like a poison Rana. Kenny Omega uh, did a reverse Hurricane Rana on Pac, and then Pac did it to Kenny, and Pac screwed it up. So Kenny had to kind of throw himself over, and then they stood up and they both looked kind of groggy because they didn't know what to do at that point. Right, and they exchanged some elbows and stuff. Yeah, I remember, yeah, yeah, pretty bad. And uh, yeah, and then the finish came when um, Omega was starting to set up uh, Pac for the one week angel, and um, Pac was able to lock in the brutalizer, uh, like in a really cool move. And Kenny just kept bending down and bending over, and it looked like a like a six submission move, and yeah, it did. Yeah, and Kenny just kind of fell over, and the refs checking on him, and just called for the bell, and the crowd was, I mean, surprising, Shocked. surprised, uh, you know, stunned, and deservedly so because I don't think anybody saw this coming, and I don't even think Pac saw it coming, even though, <laughs> by the way he reacted. But I, I mean, honestly, though, I like this finish. I don't really like that Kenny Omega has, you know, kept losing. And as you, I don't know if you guys noticed, but this was the first match where they showed the records of the um, the singles wrestlers. I believe it was the first match because um, they didn't in the very first match. I can't remember if they did for the um, tag match on the pre-show, but this was the first uh, match, I believe, where they showed the records of everybody. And, I didn't uh, see that. Really right. Yeah, they, when they come out, when they flash their name tags um, during their entrance, they show their records, their right. singles record and their overall record. And Omega's was one and one, Pox was zero and zero, and so Omega is now one and two in uh, AEW. I, I, I'm guessing they're going somewhere with this, and they kind of played into the story, or at least Jr. played into the story that Omega was showboating a lot in this match, and you know, kind of wasted time instead of capitalizing yeah. on moves. So I don't know if that's a story they're going to tell later down the road, or if that's just kind of how Jr. felt, because it was definitely. I think this is another example of Jr maybe not fitting the style of match because it was a very, you know, new Japan style, flashy Kenny Omega poses a lot, you know, in his matches, which yeah. is kind of a Japanese thing. Um, yeah. I don't know if that's a story they're going to tell, but uh, I enjoyed the match and I like the finish. It's just surprising that Omega lost. Um, what do you guys think? I think, um, I think they kind of had to pause and do those, you know, uh, poses and things like that because there, there's no story. You know, they had to create a storyline in the match because of the last second edition of Pac. Because as as he's coming out, I'm looking at my wife. I'm like, I wonder how they're going to do this because there's zero backstory here. Um, but the way that – but they, they created it as the match went on, uh, which, you know, you expect from these two. They're two professionals, been doing it for a long time. Great job. It's, you know, you mentioned the botches. You know, there were botches all throughout the night. I mean, if there were this many in a WWE pay-per-view, we'd be talking about how, oh, this is an F, you know, because, but I think a lot of people give AEW some, a lot of slack because it's new and because they like people and all that stuff. But um, this was definitely all out botch fest. Uh, but just this match alone, I thought it was good. The ending was very, very surprising. And I really don't know where they're going to go with this. My problem with it, and again, I like Pac quite a bit. But other than Chris Jericho and maybe Cody Rhodes, just because he had so much exposure in WWE, Kenny Omega is probably their biggest name, and he just lost to the 205 Live guy. So, Which, who got a 205 Live chant during the match? Did he? I didn't even notice that. <laughs> yeah. Towards the very beginning, the crowd center 10, 205 Live at him when he uh, was doing his, uh, when he had the heat on Omega. I remember on that. Omega. Yeah. Yeah. 
So which like, was kind of funny, but I, I, I just, and again, I, I talked about this before. I don't want them to turn into TNA and make guys who were barely on the mid card in WWE major players. And Pac is a special situation, just like Christian Cage was in TNA. It worked out perfectly. Uh, Pac is such a good worker. He's going to make himself get over. I just, I fear that this is going to continue to happen. And we're going to talk about it in another match a little bit later. So this match was great other than the really botched finish, which I don't know what they were planning. I think they were planning something really, really cool. And then it just didn't work out. And so they had to, you know, basically go to the one wing angel into the brutalizer. Um, yeah. Well, I think the finish itself was what they planned. Yeah. The, the spot before it was definitely, yeah. um, you know, it was definitely a little shaky. And then yeah, I just feel like they had it to took f- them a minute to get back up and exchange blows. And then they kind of got back, you know, into what they're doing. Yeah, they, they basically just slowed went down into it, sure. though. Like they elbowed each other a couple times and then he basically picked him up, right? Like if I remember correctly. So I don't know. Like it, yeah. it, it wasn't an A plus match. And these guys had the capability of putting on an A plus match. So uh, really, really good, but not, not, and I really enjoyed it. Don't, don't get me wrong. I like this match, but it just wasn't the end all be all, you know, it was as good as I was expecting it to be. Um, well, and I, th- I believe that, um, didn't they say Pac wins a uh, shot at the, uh, whoever won the championship match? I don't think they said that specifically. I think they did say something about, uh, this is such a big win. Maybe Pac will get a shot down the line at the championship, but I don't, yeah. I don't think that, that was like, yeah. Cause I remember that. And I remember thinking really, because I don't think anyone mentioned this before, so I don't think it's like 100% confirmed, but it's something that likely will happen. Yeah, well, I remember, I thought I heard something like that, and I was like, well, if that's true, then I thought Adam Page was going to win against Chris Jericho at this point. And I was like, well, that would make sense. So I thought it might have been why they did this. But, I mean, we'll get into the main event later. But, uh, yeah, I, I guess that's the case now. But, yeah, I, I, like I said, I'm not sure if Omega is going to – if they must be building a story from this. Yeah. I sure hope so. But, I sure yeah. hope so because Omega to win again, to lose again to someone that he had no story with. I, I don't know where they're going with it. Yeah, it was really, really weird. Yeah. So the next match was the Cracker Barrel Clash. Woohoo! Um, so we had Joey Janela versus Jimmy Havoc versus Darby Allen. Chris, why don't you tell us who we predicted? We all picked Darby Allen. <laughs> we did. We did. And Darby Allen and, committed suicide uh, when he jumped on a fair. <laughs> <laughs> this match was so, so cool. There were so many big spots. Um, at the beginning of the match, they sat, they sat Jimmy Havoc into a chair and taped him around the chair. Then they poured thumbtacks into his mouth and taped up his mouth. Now, that was a little weird because the tape came loose, and it says, spitting out all the thumbtacks. Yes. He just, like, waited for them to continue to do it. Another botch. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, you know, that was fine. Um, but there were another couple cool th- – there was one spot where Darby Allen did a coffin drop from the top uh, with a cracker barrel around uh, behind him, and he jumped off onto Jimmy Havoc, who was on the ring – what, the ring steps – and Jimmy, Steps, Jimmy Havoc yeah. moves yeah. On, yeah, the on the floor. floor. J- Jimmy Havoc right. moves, and he goes through the Cracker Barrel onto the ring steps, and Darby Allen is, is might be dead. We might need to check on him because yeah, – yeah. But the coolest spot – I thought he had like internal decapitation <laughs> from the way his head slapped <laughs> yes. back. He's, like that looked 
He's broken an yeah, ankle. It, yeah. it was rough. But the best spot was when they had a table set up on the outside, and Joey Janela did essentially a Canadian destroyer onto Darby Allen onto this table. Uh, there was a spot where Darby Allen grabbed a skateboard because remember he used to be a skater. He grabbed a skateboard, went to the top. He had, there were thumbtacks on the bottom of the board, and he jumped onto Joey Janela's yeah. back. It, it, this is my it favorite was, part of the match. That was cool. It was, was awesome. so, so cool. He dropped in on Joey Janela's back with a thumbtack so awesome. skateboard. It was like, so that's awesome. Pretty awesome. Yeah. And then the tack stuck in his back. Yeah. Was, I know. It, he, he never took him out. He just let him stay there. Yeah. And then the ending came when him, uh, Jimmy Havoc, he hit Joey Janela with a superplex onto the barrel, but he didn't break the barrel. Like it just hit him, uh, it just his legs went through. So he stood him up and he did his finisher, which is kind of like a fancy clothesline through the barrel and then pinned him. One, two, three. I think it's called the Acid Rainmaker. Acid, acid right. Rainmaker. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Jimmy Havoc is your winner here. Kind of blew my mind. Kyle, tell us tell us what you thought. I mean, this, I guess, was a ECW slash CZW fans, like, dream match. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's, it didn't have a story at all. It, it was just guys doing crazy stuff. It was a stunt show, really. Um, so if yeah. you like hardcore wrestling, you'd love this match. If you don't like hardcore wrestling, you're probably going to hate it. Yeah, my wife did not like it at all. This is not her cup of tea. Uh, but it was fun. They did some crazy stuff. Uh, Joey Danella hit like a hit an awesome flip power bomb. Yeah, to the table at one point. Like that was an awesome looking spot. I forgot to mention there was one spot where Jimmy Havoc still being taped. He's still taped to the chair on the outside, and Darby Allen gets in the top to jump onto Joey Janela, and Jimmy Havoc's like, "No, bro, jump on me!" Yeah. So Darby <laughs> Allen just jumps to the outside on Jimmy Havoc. I'm like, "What kind of wackadoodles are these guys?" He's taking this bump with thumbtacks in his mouth. Yeah, and also, uh, calm down, Mister Salty. <laughs> Jimmy Havoc. <laughs> was uh, in the ring at the very beginning and he'd all of a sudden just stapled himself in the arm, which is like, come on. And uh, they double teamed him from that point. But I mean, I thought it was a fun match um, for, I mean, we all knew what it was going to be. Uh, I think it's fine. Uh, like I said, if you don't like this kind of match, you're, yeah, you're just not going to like it. It's, you know, what you thought it was going to be, but I mean, I don't really understand Havoc winning, but it's fine. <laughs> I thought I all of them, all- they want all three of these guys to get over. So I don't have a problem with Havoc winning. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was it was a car crash, and uh, Havoc came out in the end. <laughs> so that's basically what happened. I think the only reason Havoc won is because it was, well, we have to let somebody win. And it was just <laughs> – Right. Uh, but, there, but like you said, Kyle, I, you know, I wanted to like the match because I think all three of these guys are really good at what they do. Uh, I didn't like it. I just, I just, there was no story whatsoever. It's just, let's crash into things and see who is walking when it's over. And, yeah, and I, I, and the guy who I'm, looks like Marilyn Manson won. So, I mean, that's fine. <laughs> I, I'm just confused too, that when TV, it'll be interesting to see at least when AEW's TV starts. Cause like we all discussed when we were picking, we picked all uh, Darby Allen we were saying that like there has to be a reason why he went to a draw with Cody Rhodes because Cody Rhodes is a star and it was his debut match and he took him to a draw. And then on this match, he just loses in a hardcore match. And he got pinned which, at Fight for the Fallen. Right. So it doesn't really make sense in that, you know, in that sense um, of why he was brought in. 
I hope once TV starts, they start paying more attention. Uh, you know, maybe because these are kind of standalone shows, they just kind of book them how they feel they want to, and they're not really looking to do a week to week type thing, you know, on some of these smaller matches, but we'll see. I, I hope they have more continuity moving forward with the rest of the show, but we'll see. Well, speaking of the show, one of the things I heard today, and I'm sorry to change the subject, but it, it goes really well with what you're saying. What I heard today is that they're going to be rotating the talent each week. So you're not going to have the same people on the show. Like, for instance, on Raw, SmackDown, we have the same people every single week, every single show. This one, you're going to see more of a, a rotation of talent uh, for for our sake so we don't get tired of them and also for their sake, so for lack, you know injuries and those kind of things. So That's awesome. So, yeah. I, think it's, I definitely think it's a good idea. Obviously, I think your star should be there pretty often. Yeah. Uh, at least doing something. Right. Yeah, like – I mean, the attitude wouldn't have been successful if Austin and Rock weren't on every show. You know right. what I mean? Like, obviously, they don't have to have a match every show, even if it's just like a segment. Um, I think the stars should be there, but I'm fine with like lower tier wrestlers kind of swapping in and out, you know, until they work their way in. WCW did that a lot of bringing people in, you know, and kind of having different things um, every now and then for Nitro. So, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a great thing. We could have a whole discussion about that. But let's talk. Let's go back real quick. I just want to just add real quick. I love this match. It had no story, but I didn't care. This is one of those, uh, one of those hardcore Mick Foley style matches. And like, I'm usually big on stories, but I think what AEW is trying to do is to present a wide variety of match types, and I, I was okay right. with it. I, I I enjoyed it. It wasn't my favorite match of the night, but it was far from my least favorite. Good stuff. Yeah, and and I uh, I definitely thought while watching this match, I was like, I think all three of these guys, at least Havoc and uh, Darby Alley, um, Darby Allen, they yeah, it's a, yeah, sorry, <laughs> it's, they got a little mix up there. It's okay, uh, we weren't listening, Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, um, Havoc and Allen, they uh, I think they both played the role of Mick Foley in this match, not as much as Janella, but uh, as like Mick Foley of who can kill themselves faster, right. They they both did some crazy stuff. Yeah, the whole the whole thing was it was very fun to watch. Yeah, but fun. Let's talk about the Dark Order and the best friends before I I say anything. I want to see what you guys thought. So this match was for a first round bye in the tag team tournament. Chris, what did you think about the Dark Order versus the best friends? Well, we uh, we all picked the Dark Order, and we were all right finally. Wow! <laughs> This is the this is well. There's one other, but uh, this is the first one that we all got correct. Um, you know, I thought this was by the wrestling best friends should have won this match because yeah. the best friends were so good. Um, yeah. And uh, you know, it's like I said before when we went and saw in Daytona. I was like, yeah, I'm a root for the best friends, and they were the so good. Um, they were really, and, uh, but you know, obviously they had to have the dark order win this just because of the push that they are clearly are getting. Um, and then we've, this was another round of suicide dives, which during the show, they mentioned that there, we had like a thousand suicide dives the entire show. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think it was the right move to have the dark order win. If not, it would have been. If not, then we would be having the same conversation that we had, we just had about Darby Allen. You right. know, like 
what's the point of the of of him going all the way if he's not even gonna win these little matches? And so this this one actually made sense. It, it wasn't the best match of the night. In fact, it was probably uh, so so. Uh, but uh, best friends carried the match. I thought. Yeah, honestly, like I enjoyed this match, but and this is nothing against this match, but to me, this was the worst match of the night. And it's not that this one was bad. It's just that I think the others were just better. And I think this one was more of a, maybe a WWE style match. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I don't really care for the dark order. Uh, their, their gimmick is fine. Yeah, That's what I mean. I think with, yeah, I think they're probably like the eighth or ninth best tag team in AEW. And they're getting this huge push. I don't know. Just they just don't do anything for me. What do you think, Kyle? Yeah, I kind of agree with that. And it's it's a little odd because they treat the Dark Order the way they brought them in, um, and I guess the way they're carried now. They almost treat them like they were um, like similar to how the Authors of Pain were in NXT, but the Authors of Pain were huge yeah, guys, right. like. They were the heels in the match, and they, you know, usually weren't the best workers in the match. But you know, they had size, and they were able to put on good matches with the the faces that they went up against, and were able to overcome in the end. But it worked because you know you wanted to see the faces win, but you know they were you know they had to overcome a lot because these guys were big heels. Whereas like the Dark Order, it's a short kind of muscular guy and a fat <laughs> dude. Yeah, like they're just not flashy. Like they're not. Pants. <laughs> they don't have and Chris you've you know you've said this about a lot of people and I don't think the Dark Order has yeah. it I, you know they're they're a good team and I think they'll be a good solid team for the division but I, I don't know if they're the heel team you need to be pushing is like your like I said the big heel team like an eight uh, like an Authors of Pain type um, team that is going to like dominate the division like they're just not special so I think that's kind of what you think, Matt. And yeah, um, I agree. Yeah, that's that's yeah. how I feel about yeah. them. I mean, they're a good team, but they're not like special. And uh, I mean, they were outshown by the best friends in this match. Um, I mean, obviously they're the heels as well, so they don't need to. Um, so I, yeah, uh, so they they hit their fatality finisher on Taylor to win the match. And um, after the match, uh, the lights go out. It's kind of confusing. And then um, I thought actually that, you know, maybe the minions were going to come back and appear or something and they were going to beat up on the best friends. But no, uh, lights came back on and Orange Cassidy was in the middle of the ring to make his debut. Got a huge, huge pop. pop. Uh, of course, had his shades on, his hand in his pocket. And uh, he hit the ropes and went over the top rope. With it. Uh, hit a dive, hand still in his pocket. And... Uh, he got up and went in the ring and everybody was cheering. And then the best friends had a hug with Cassidy squeezed in the middle. And uh, yeah, I, I liked the debut. I thought it was, you know, cool to see, you know, how Orange Cassidy was. It was a little weird because it's like, so is he like going to be in a faction with the best friends now or is he just kind of helping them out? They mentioned they, that. Did they mention it? Yeah. Yeah, the, yeah. One of the announcers said that it w- it could be a new faction, but not like they yeah. anything. Yeah, well, I mean, if they do, then that's that's fine. But at the time, I was I was kind of like, huh, okay, yeah. Let's see where this goes. So the match, the match was fine. I don't think we've spent too much time on probably the worst match of the night. Yeah. It was, it was just, <laughs> it was just fine. 
Uh, Riho versus Hikaru Shida. Chris, tell me who we picked. <laughs> Do I have to? <laughs> you have to, yes. Right. Well, we all picked uh, Shida, unfortunately. We did, but the winner was Riho, as we mentioned earlier. Chris, tell me about this match. You know, this match was uh, was very good. Uh, <laughs> it was it was great, know, and, and I was listening to a recap, and and I agree wholeheartedly. This match was so fast, like everything was. was like boom, 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 and and I don't know how they kept up, you know, the entire time. Honestly, I still feel like here. Sorry, I can't say their name right now. I'll just say Hikaru Shida. Yeah, that one. I really think that HS should have won this match. Um, she she looked. She looked to me. She looked more polished. If that made sense, I don't know. To to me, she did. Um, well, she's like ten years older too. Oh, well, then there you go. Um, and and she has. Well, you can't tell because they both look very young. Um, I know who looks like she's seventeen years old. I don't know. Yeah, but uh, it was a great match. Um, it was again very very fast. Uh, and it also helped us to get to know them a little bit more because I don't, I'm not sure if everyone's very familiar with them. Um, but no, but not man, at all. did they put on? Honestly, this was way better than the uh, the Royale match. That's for sure. Yeah, it was. And with Riho winning, Riho is 98 pounds, <laughs> and Nyla Rose is like 225 wow. pounds, and like. I'm not sure Riho is 98 pounds soaking wet. Like they, they may be exaggerating that weight. And so this is going to be a very interesting, I know we have David versus Goliath a lot in wrestling, but it's going to, man, this, uh, it's going to be kind of unbelievable if Riho wins. But she did pin Nyla in that triple threat match at uh fighter yeah. fest. I believe it was with Yuka Sakazaki, who was not in yeah. the women's match, even though she was advertised if I'm right. So yeah, this match is really good. Um, we're running a little long, so I'm not going to talk too much about it. I'll let Kyle Mitch talk a little bit if he wants to. But uh, Riho got a, basically a surprise roll-up win. The match was solid, though. If you like Japanese women's wrestling, you would have liked this match. It wasn't as stiff as I expected it to be. Uh, but, yeah, it was really good. Yeah, and uh, I kind of agree with Chris. Like, um, Cheetah, I mean, I, it was a great match. I enjoyed it. But she just came off to me as a star um, when I, she was just like standing next to Rio, like, yeah, like you said, Rio's just tiny. Yeah. Like just during the whole match, I was like, I, I'm really enjoying this match, but I just couldn't picture Rio winning. Yeah. She um, looks just, like a star. She really does. Exactly. Like she, she came off like a star during this match. She looks like the star out of these two. Um, and I was actually, I was, <laughs> it was going this match. I was kind of thinking of what the Sheeta Rose match would be like. Yeah. Like I was like, it'd been great. Just sold that she was going to win this. And then Rio won. And I was like, Oh, like, yeah, really? <laughs> and now I'm just thinking like, this is going to be kind of weird. Like it, it was just like, like I said, Sheeta just looked like the star of the two in this match. It was a great match. I just, and like I said, I'm, I'm, I was fine with Rose winning the uh, Battle Royale because I was kind of thinking she was going to go up against Sheeta. And I was like, well, that'd be a good – even that would have been a good David versus Goliath match. But now it's like really – now it's like Goliath versus the Ant. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, so I'm like, whew, this is going to be a tough one. So I think it is going to be a good match. But And I'm guessing, like like you said, Matt, with Rio pinning Rose earlier on, maybe that's why they'll, they did this. Some with it, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. – um. I, I would have rather 50 seen, booking. Yeah, I would have rather seen Cheetah win this one. But yeah, uh, yeah. So 
we'll see what happens with uh i keep saying that on the show <laughs> but uh yeah I, I like the match though cody versus sean spears and let me tell you i'm a pretty big star trek fan so i kind of marked out it, it goes sean spears comes out and his interest is really cool he's just sitting like as the lights come on he's just sitting in the interest ray with his chair and he's got this like boxer type hood over his head but you can't see his face and it's got this hip-hop music playing in the background and he's like dragging the chair like he's the fiend or something and it was just a really really cool visual then Tully Blanchard comes out and I'm gonna get to Star Trek by the way I'm not crazy before any of you are like what is he talking about Uh, Tully Blanchard comes out and he takes the hood off of Sean Spears and he's got like these crazy contacts in he looks just like something demonic i thought it was glacier making his aew debut (laughs) it was a very interesting very interesting look then you go backstage and you've got uh brandy rose dresses seven of nine and then she's walking and then you see ddp come out and he's got a red star trek uniform on then mjf starts walking out next to her and they're still all backstage and she's got, got Pharaoh. Don't forget about Pharaoh. Yep, she's got he's got the gold Star Trek shirt on, and then Brandy has Pharaoh as well. And the announcer's like, he can only have one person. So then Cody comes up, and then he's got a red Star Trek like tank top on, and the little Star Trek emblem is his like do the work like skull, and it looks kind of like a Star Trek logo upside down. It's really cool. And so they all come out. I know everyone's seen it, so I guess I'll mention it. Pharaoh got scared because the pyro came off a little too early. Poor puppy. I, I was going to say, I, I, Chris, I don't know if you have a dog. I, I don't. Oh, yeah. Matt, I've got two of them. Yeah. So we have three dogs right now. Uh, I've had dogs throughout my life. Matt knows. I've been yeah. a dog person forever. I love dogs. Uh, I was I was sitting there thinking they brought this dog to the interest ramp and those fireworks started going off. And you could see him standing in the tunnel from the camera view. And I was like, that dog has got to be scared to death right now. And sure enough, yeah. the fireworks go off and they spend forever trying to get this dog turned around. And I'm like, he is not going to go out there. Well, Cody <laughs> like gets down on his knees. So Pharaoh sees him and they, they, they kind of get him to come. But Cody he was scared after. to death. Yeah, poor puppy. <laughs> Cody tweeted after the show. Yeah. yeah, me too. Cody tweeted after the show that um, Pharaoh's scared of thunder and loud noises. And that's probably what he thought that it was so well, then they, they fireworks in front of him. <laughs> yeah I, well they, they didn't mean they didn't mean for it to go off it was supposed to go off either later or earlier so it went off at the wrong time so but either way it looked cool um then he picks mjf to stay with him and if you like old school wrestling this this was a great match yes. the match starts with cody getting in the ring and Sean Spears is on the outside. He immediately suicide dives directly onto Sean Spears. They go and they fight through the crowd. And they finally get back inside the ring. The match starts. There were a lot of cool spots, but some of the coolest spots were where MJF showing that, you know, he he's not really he doesn't really know what he's doing manager wise. So he missed a couple spots and then Tolly Blanchard just played everything perfectly. Just like the the old veteran that he is, he took advantage of some spots where MGF screwed up, and the the commentators continue to point that out. This match, if you took this match, and throughout the rest of the pay per view, if you took this match, you would really think the AEW were 
masters at telling a story inside the ring and with the commentators, because to me, this was perfect. And then there was a spot where um, uh, Sean Spears took off Cody's belt. He was going to beat him with a belt. Earl Hebner, of course, takes it away. So Tully Blanchard takes off his belt, and Sean Spears hits Cody with it. Of course, Earl Hebner catches him, and he doesn't get yeah, qualified. Yeah, nothing that happens. Was a little dumb, but nothing we'll happens. Yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was another uh, <laughs> one of my nitpicks. But I guess you guys agree yeah. with me. Yeah, he like he acted like he was going to disqualify him yeah. if he used that belt, and he yeah. got in Spears' face and was like, backed him in the corner, and Spears was like, okay, okay. Yeah, I think and Spears screwed up. It's the size of the belt because guys. he was Come supposed on. to. It's the size. Of the yeah, belt. He, he was supposed to chunk. <laughs> He was supposed to throw the belt outside the ring is what happened. So, um, yeah. And, that, and that Earl was, was also, he grabbed the belt from him. And he's like, I'm going to make sure this thing is fastened. Right. And so he goes over there and plays <laughs> with it for a minute while Spears wax, uh, Cody with the, uh, the belt. And yeah, he should have immediately gotten rid of it. Yeah. Uh, and he continued to use it yeah. after or try to use it. Um, and then a chair also got used later in the match. Um, which wasn't also disqualification, but, Whatever. Yeah, it was weird. So then, later on in the match, who comes out? Double A. But Arn Anderson. We, we kind of called that, totally right? Called. We said, who do we want to see in Cody's corner? We want to see Arn Anderson, right? So he comes out. He does a spine buster on Sean Spears. Beautiful spine buster. And Tully, it was great. Tully follows him out and just leaves. And I'm like, wait a second. What happened? Like, he's going to check with Arn Anderson, obviously. But, like, he just abandons his guy which made no sense whatsoever. The short version. Well, to be fair, I think uh, Tully's known Arn Anderson a lot yeah. longer than Sean Spears, so he probably just forgot. They were the, yeah, remember, guys? <laughs> they were the brain busters. Come on. Oh, remember? yeah. Yeah, we talked about that. Yeah. And so Cody got the win with a disaster kick, I think is what it was, while Sean Spears was holding the steel yeah. chair. And the great thing was Cody gets up, and MJF picks up the chair, and he's looking at Cody like he's going to clock him. And then Cody turns around, he drops the chair and smiles and hugs Cody. And I'm like, that's a really good tease. Because MJF was screwing up so bad during the match, I part of me thought he's going to join Sean Spears and Tully Blanchard. And th- this whole this was done really, really well. I, I really enjoyed this match. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, and... I was kind of like I've said before. It's kind of weird to me seeing Cody paired with MJF. Uh, I've commented that Cody's—I think he's a big face, but then he's kind of been playing the heel Cody Rhodes, and I didn't really like that. He didn't do that here. He was full, full-blown babyface Cody what? in this match, and I loved it. I thought he played the role perfectly, um, and and I was like I said, it's kind of weird seeing if he's going to be babyface Cody, MJF being his partner is kind of odd, but. With that little tease at the end of the match, I was like, oh, okay. Like, I really like the idea of them planting that seed. I hope that something comes of that or, you know, down the road at least that it kind of develops into that. Um, I, I think if I remember correctly, I picked Sean Spears to win this match because I didn't see him uh, being able to lose this match and go on from here. But I like seeing Cody Rhodes win at the same time. Uh, I thought, and it's kind of weird because I don't know how they're going to approach it. Um, Cause Cody being one of the, probably the spearhead of the company, you know, with, you know, it's kind of hard for him to, he'd, he'd come off a lot like Dusty Rhodes. I think if he injected himself in the main event stuff, right. but I honestly felt like every time he comes out and he's getting cheered by the crowd, he makes his entrance and then he works, especially how I did tonight. 
he just comes off like a big superstar. Yeah, he like does. he just reminds me so much of Sting in the early days of WCW. Yep. It's, I, I mean, with that. blonde hair and all. Like, and he's not like he's he's. I, I compare him to Sting because he's not like you know he's not the Kenny Omega, you know, young bucks. He's not going to like be super flashy, but he's a great worker. He's solid worker, and he's got a lot of charisma. And he just reminds me so much of Sting. And then he's he's got like that it factor superstar aura every time he comes yeah, out. Yeah, he does. And he it, the crowd loves him. And him playing the full full like bull and baby face in this match, I was like, man, he needs to be going up against Jericho at some point. Yeah. And they need to have the big heel face feud. I mean, I hope that's where it goes because obviously Jericho was been wanting to thank you from you know the the brass of AEW and Cody's been involved in that so maybe that's where they go at some point but and I, I could see Cody not wanting to go that route because he's like I said he's a VP of the company he's like oh, I don't want to be dusty and like put myself in the main event and be seen that way but man it's hard to not see him in that role like, yeah because he's so good yeah like I, he comes off like a, such a big star so I'd love to see him in that role. Yeah, Chris, who did we pick in this match? Well, I was going to say, uh, if I get a word in there, um, <laughs> because you, because Matt, you totally forgot to ask me who we picked. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah my bad. We, we, every single one of us picked Sean Spears sure on did. that one. Yeah. <laughs> we sure did. And we all had a really good reason why. Yeah. Uh, but And, and I'm going to tell you, from all of the AEW shows, uh, Cody Rhodes, every single match with Cody is the best storyteller um, a performer, uh, you know, everyone has all the flips and all the cool moves and everyone loves all that new stuff, but Cody is the best at telling a story. Really and this was the best match. This was the best traditional old school match of the night. And honestly, of, that I've seen in a long time. Yeah. Even though, even though we all had really good reasons for Sean Spears to win, Cody winning was perfect. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it, it turned out really well. Triple A Tag Team Championship, Lucha Brothers versus the Young Bucks. This was my match of the night. I really liked it, but before I tell you about how great I thought this match was, Chris, what did you think of it? Well, we this was another one that we all got right. We all picked Lucha Brothers, and this was that new school match, right? I mean, this was that new school flips and dips and all those all those things. Uh huh. The moves that they were doing, I don't know how they did them. It without, was insane. Without dying. Because uh, Canadian Destroyer <laughs> I mean, off the top of the ladder into the table. Oh, it was that, absolutely nuts. And it was like... That was the move of the It night. was a little sloppy, the start of it. Like, because uh, I think it was... Uh, was it Matt Jackson that took it? He he started his flip kind of early and started leaning. Um, and it was just kind of a little mistimed at the beginning, but they finished it perfectly. But I was, when it started, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's amazing the way that they control their bodies. Both both teams, Lucha Brothers, Young Bucks, the way that they can just jump on a middle rope and not fall down. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's crazy. I, I can't remember which one, but one of the Lucha Brothers did this thing where he like jumped from facing the outside of the ring to the inside of the ring by moving his feet to the second rope by jumping. Yeah, and not falling down. I was like, holy crap! How do they? It was, a, it was, it was from incredible. middle rope to ladder as well. Yeah. Like it, it was, it was so cool. Everything about this match was great. This was, this was definitely. This was, I'll, I'll finish you. Y'all, y'all go ahead. I'll just sit back. Go ahead. Guys. <laughs> no, go ahead. Sorry. I mean, good Lord. You asked me my opinion. 
<laughs> and then you both decide to give your commentary. It's fine. Whatever. Wow. I haven't said anything yet. Go. <laughs> Go ahead. No, Is I'm it- good. I'm done. You're done? All right. I'm, I so- am now. Yeah. <laughs> so this match was so cool. Like, I can't even tell you all the different spots in this match, but there were there were some spots where, like, Matt Jackson, I'm sorry, Nick Jackson and Phoenix were attacking uh, Matt Jackson and Pentagon. There were spots where Matt Jackson and Pentagon were attacking Phoenix and Nick Jackson. And like, they would just like look at each other and then like, don't jump on my brother, I'm, but I'm going to jump on yours. No, don't. I'm going to jump on your brother. Like it was just, it was really funny that the, the shots that they got in this, there was, there was one spot where Nick and Phoenix were up top and they jumped, like there was a ladder set up outside the ring and they both jumped onto tables outside of the ring on opposite sides of the ring. It, it just looked so cool. There was another spot where Matt Jackson had Phoenix in uh, like the, the tombstone because they call it the Meltzer driver. And Nick has every opportunity to grab the belts, but instead he jumps off the ladder and they give the Meltzer driver to Phoenix. It, this match was so cool. I love old school wrestling matches. And I don't usually like these, these flippy matches. But anytime the Lucha Brothers and the Young Bucks are in the ring, it's going to be golden. It was absolutely terrific. Yeah, uh, I really enjoyed this match. For, I mean, it's, it was a classic. It was a Lucha Brothers Young Bucks match. I mean, we've seen them, you know, several times go at each other. Uh, somehow they always just keep, you know, keep it fresh and keep it, you know, very entertaining. Uh, you know, we all pre- predicted Lucha Brothers winning. You know, I don't think we're surprised by that. But it's a great match. I do have one complaint, and that is, I thought this match was great. Uh, great Lucha Brothers Young Bucks match. I didn't think it was a great ladder match. And by that, I mean, I kept forgetting it was a ladders match because I guess usually in a traditional, you know, what I've you know come to know as a ladder match, you know, mostly seen in WWE, there's usually a lot of working in spots around reaching for the belts. They didn't do a whole lot of that in this match. No, there were like, times where right. I come, like I said, I almost forgot that the titles were hanging above the ring because they they did a couple where they would set the ladders up and work their way up there and do spots from it. But there wasn't a whole lot of them going up and reaching for the the belts until I guess towards the end there were more. But there were times where they were just kind of standing there and they'd set up tables in the ring or set up ladders or you know do stuff together. Even spots where uh, you know a young buck and a lucha brother would be on a table and then the other young buck and lucha brother would just like look at each other and be like, I'm going to hit your guy first. No, I'm going to hit your guy first. And then they went and hit her move. And it's like, okay, who are on teams here? <laughs> like, obviously they're hitting the other opponent, but you think they would fight each other. And they're just like, no, we're just going to attack the other person while you attack the other person. So, but I, but it's, it's at the same time, it was kind of funny. So it didn't bother me so much, but I did like, like I said, I, I forgot at points in this match that it was a ladder match. And I was like, oh, yeah, there are titles up there. But all in all, there were tons of crazy spots in this match, tons of crazy moves. Um, so it was fun. Uh, so that didn't bother, bother me as much. I will say I'm, I'm reading notes from uh, the Wrestling Observer, just, you know, the results of the matches in case, you know, I'd forgotten something to match. And I do want to point out somebody wrote here, which I think is pretty hilarious. Uh, at one point in the match, uh, Penta screamed, Escuta Puto at uh, Nick Jackson. And uh, they wrote here in the uh, notes that loosely translates to please listen to me, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Which is, uh, uh, I don't know if you brushed up on your Spanish, but uh, I'm pretty sure that's not what that means exactly. That's definitely not what it means. Yeah, loose translation, I guess you could say. So 
Uh, but all in all, fun match, crazy moves. Like I said, the Canadian destroyer from the top of the ladder through a table. I thought uh, Nick Jackson was dead. Uh, also, when he – or I think it was Matt that hit with that. And then Nick was the one, I believe, that fell to the outside and clonked his head on the table, which oh, yeah. wound up Another on – yeah, that that wound up on the um, was it Russell Russell Botch on Instagram. They I actually saw that legs on uh, on the outside. Yeah, his knees the- got ta- his knees got caught up on the top rope, and he oh. fell a little short, and his head clonked the second table. It actually didn't look as bad on the first showing, but when they showed the replay of the angle where you oh, clearly awful. saw his head like bash against it, I was like, oh, that looks horrible. Mm. Still fun match. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, and at the end of the match, Santana and Ortiz, the new new version of LAX came out, which they're done with Impact, but WWE apparently were really pushing hard for them, and they chose AEW, which makes sense. If you were a tag team, which which one would you go to if the money's about the same, right? Well, I thought, it was, to... uh, I thought it was John F. Kennedy and Bill Clinton debuting at first. <laughs> yeah, they were wearing those terrible, terrible matches. Do you want to add anything, Chris, since we were so rude to interrupt you? Can I? I mean, am I allowed to talk? Hey, I didn't interrupt anybody. Right. anybody. Um, <laughs> we're we're going we're, we're gonna to mute ourselves. Here we go. Anyway, so I was going to say when you – Oh, Chris. Talk, no, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, we're done. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Nope. No, go ahead. Nope, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> so the main event. Yeah, as an apology, Chris. I don't. Since Chris don't Jericho is your favorite, no, Chris Jericho is your favorite wrestler. I want you to tell me what you thought of Chris Jericho versus Hangman Page, and I need you to also tell me about Hangman's entrance. Am I allowed to talk? Yeah, we're we're quiet. The now, floor right? is yours. Okay. Uh, well, you both picked Chris Jericho to win. I did pick Adam Page, which I think should have been the winner. Um, but Adam Page did come out on a freaking horse, which it was great. Which was pretty awesome. Uh, this match uh, was—we all know that Chris Jericho is amazing. He's my my personal favorite wrestler of all time, and this was definitely a Chris Jericho steal the show match. Um, this was the old school, traditional, tell a story um, type of match. Um, honestly, I really feel like Hangman Page should have won. And, and, and I've, I've explained that everyone thought that Jericho would win. Everyone thought that because that's what the WWE would have done. You would have, you would have picked your biggest, you know, that's what they did with, with Lesnar. You pick the biggest guy, you give him the title. I think it would have been a nice move, a good move to have Page do it. Um, however, they went with Jericho, which I'm fine with, and they did an awesome job. Jericho did blade himself during the match. Uh, they did make a big deal that it was the first time that they had a female official for a um, for the main match of the night. I thought she, which I thought cool. she did a great job. I she she yeah, kept I control over the entire match, uh, and Jericho with the Judas effect takes the win. That's great. And t- tell me about the uh, shooting star under the code breaker. So, so Hangman Page does, he, he did a couple of shooting, standing shooting stars, by yeah, the way. He's so incredible. Um, and he did one, and Jericho just turns it. He did the code bre- It was a beautiful thing. Their timing could not have been more perfect the entire match. It was great. You know, I felt like the, the, the length of the match was perfect. Um, 
this was my favorite match. I mean, the Cody Rhodes match was was up there, but this was my favorite match. Um, and I'm I'm biased, but also I think it was a great, uh, great uh, the way the way they did it. Jericho bled in this match too. Well, I, he bladed himself. Yeah, I'm um, almost positive he did. If if you watch if you watch it at one point the the ref goes down, pulls something out of her pocket. Definitely did that, which which added to it, man. It was cool. It did. It really did. And you could see, like, I'm almost positive he bladed. I didn't see, but at the time, I knew that he he must have because he grabbed the blood from the top and wiped it over his eye onto his cheek mm-hmm. so it would look like it was it was a lot worse than it was. Kyle, we're at an hour 17. Why don't you give me 60 seconds on why this was a great or terrible match? Well, first of all, Matt, I don't follow your time limit rules, <laughs> uh, so I'll take as long as I want. But uh, no, I, I really enjoyed this match. Um, it was one of my favorite. I, I think the Cody Rhodes Sean Spears match was my favorite match. But I mean, this was up there. I, it, it was a very similar style match. Uh, one that Jr. really enjoyed calling because it was, you know, kind of his style, and you know, it was perfect for him, right? And so it was a great back and forth match. Um, like I said, I, I I love Adam Page. I think he's going to be a future AEW champion. No, you know, no doubt. Um, but I think Jericho needed to win this match. I think he needs to be the face going into their television debut of, you know, their marketing and everything. He's a star right now. I think he needs to build up other people around him, whether it's Cody or Adam Page down the road, you know, John Moxley or Kenny Omega. But I think going in the show, Jericho needs to be champion, um, you know, but Adam Page, he's, he's going to be a star. I think he's had, you know, if he's not already, he's heading that way. Um, so I, I really enjoyed this match and, uh, you know, I like the finish as well. Um, and they're really, they're also selling the Judas effect of like a devastating move. You know, I don't believe yeah. anybody's kicked out of it yet. And, you know, they, no. they tend to have, you know, kickouts from a lot of finishers, but nobody's kicked out of this move yet. Yeah. Like he kicked out of at least one code breaker, maybe two. He got out of the walls of Jericho mm-hmm. and then Jericho kicked out of, um, oh, what's pages, the dead eye. Is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah. The, the dead like eye. Like the, the reverse, the reverse tombstone or whatever it is. Like he picked out, he kicked out of that. And I just knew that he wasn't going to. So that that was really cool to me. This was the third best match of the night after the the tag team match, and after uh, Cody and and Spears. Um, this match was really great. It started off a little slow for me, but I think that it it was it necessary had to. for this kind yeah. of match. Yeah, it, yeah, it yeah. had to after that ladder match. So I was fine yeah. with it. So uh, the Adam Page's entrance was cool. Jericho looks. I mean, he is obviously. But he looks like a superstar. He got a huge pop when he came out. Um, he's the guy. He he's the guy that people are going to tune into AEW for. And if you're a WWE fan, you turn on AEW and see Chris Jericho as the AEW champion. You might be like, "Oh, okay, I like Chris Jericho. I'm going to watch this." So I think he deserves it. Thank you, Jericho. Uh, I'm I'm glad that he I'm glad that he won, Chris. Yeah. So we don't steal your thunder and run our mouth. Why don't you grade AEW All Out, and then we will. Okay, well, so everybody knows the way that the uh, the numbers came down, Kyle and I both got three out of ten matches right. And Matt is our champion this this uh, this pay-per-view with four out of ten. I'm the champion with a 40% success rate. Yes, yes you are. So and, Matt is the biggest of- loser, you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> the best loser. Congratulations, Yay. congratulations. Uh, speaking of 40%, I'm going to tell you that I liked 40% of this pay-per-view. Okay. <laughs> the, the last four matches, the four that we just talked about, were were awesome. 
I mean, dynamite. The the women's match, the Cody match, uh, the tag team ladder match, and the Jericho match. Those four carried this for me. Without those, this would have been a, a really crappy pay-per-view, I feel. When you mix in those matches, the commentating, the botches that were all night long. But because of those four matches, I'm going to give this a B plus. B plus? Okay. Kyle, go ahead. I don't. I mean, I enjoyed a lot of this show. I, I enjoyed the 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 pre show was fine. Uh, it wasn't anything to you know ride home on. Like it was, it was what it was. Um, uh, I really enjoyed the opener with uh, Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus, and Marcus Stunt uh, against SoCal on Center. I, I liked that match a lot. Um, I think it was a good. You know, kickoff show. Omega and Pac was good for what it was. It wasn't the match of the night like I thought it was going to be. But I mean, it had a surprising ending and. You know, other than that, you know, botched toward the end. I thought it was a good match. Uh, the rest of it, you know, had some fun moments. Obviously, the Dark Order um, best friends match wasn't that great. Um, I think the the women's match was fine. But like you said, Chris, the last, you know, run of matches were so good. Like, I mean, you know, it made me forget about all those, you know, the matches that weren't that great. And uh, I really enjoyed it toward the end. I thought it, you know, you know, it got a couple hits in the you know first couple innings. You know, maybe a couple outs here and there, but man, they were hitting home runs by the end of it. So I give this match uh, a minus because I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I the, the the only issue I had with this pay per view is it wasn't better than Double or Nothing, and I think that that was really what they were going for. I do think Double or Nothing was a better pay per view. Might be skewed a bit because of the John Moxley entrance, which was you know very very exciting, and the Awesome Kong entrance. You guys know I'm a big fan of Awesome Kong. But I think that the Lucha Brothers and Young Bucks, and I saw some people say that this isn't the best match they've had. I think this is the best AEW match I've seen so far. And again, I'm generally not a flippity-doo-dah type match kind of guy. But I loved it from start to finish. It was so much fun. It was so different. They were using the ladders. Instead of climbing through them, they were jumping around with them, jumping through them, jumping over them. It was a very interesting way to do a ladder match. Um... Jericho and Hangman Page was pretty stinking good. Cody and Sean Spears was really good. Uh, the women's match was great. I love the triple threat match. Other than the botch finish, Pac and Omega was great. The six-man tag was great. Private Party and Helico Jack Evans was great. So I think other than the Dark Order Best Friends, which was good, and the Casino Battle Royal, which was pretty good, uh, I, I, I really enjoyed this pay-per-view. I did. I'm going to say A- minus as well, but I think it's a strong A-. minus. We're looking at like a 93 here. Um, I, I really, even though there were some botches and, and the 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 comment, commentary could have been better, that stuff I can overlook if there's really good wrestling in the ring, and there was. And I'm going to give it an A-. minus. I really enjoyed it. So that is it, ladies and gentlemen. Because of the length of this one, we're not going to do any wrestling trivia or play any games today because I have to edit it all, and I got a hurricane heading my way, so I really got to get on this. Thank you so much. Stand for- back. There's a hurricane coming through. I was waiting for it. I knew someone was going to say it. <laughs> Thank you so much. But seriously, uh, stay safe. Yes, yes, everyone, if you're in the Florida area or if you're on the eastern coast of the United States, please stay safe. Be careful. Thank you very much for making episode number 20 successful. We very much appreciate you. You can follow us all on Instagram at WrestleLife Radio or Twitter at WrestleLife Pod. You can follow Chris at Hill Chris or at Chris Cumby. There you go. You can follow <laughs> Kyle at 
Kyle.Polly on Instagram. You can follow me at WrestleLifeMatt. One last time, again, thank you so much for making this successful. We really appreciate you guys. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe, and tell your friends. Have a wonderful day, and stay safe.